Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It in Real Estate. This week we have Caroline. Caroline is the founder of Haven Connect, which helps streamline affordable housing application process. She's also a Techstar graduate graduate uh, in 2018. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Awesome. Hey, Caroline, can you tell us a little, a little bit about yourself and why you started this, this, this company? Sure. Uh, my background is that I was a social worker in San Francisco for four years prior to starting the company. So mm-hmm. I worked at Catholic Charities, at a homeless shelter for a couple years, and then I was at Tenderloin Housing Clinic um, mm-hmm. overseeing big SRO hotels uh, for you know a year or two after wow. that. Wow, that's really crazy. So what was the motivation behind this company? How did you get this inspiration the idea to do it? Yeah. Well, the inspiration really came um, from two different sources. One was that I saw that um, like my, my homeless clients uh, were waiting to anywhere from two to 10 years to get into affordable housing. That's crazy. And, yeah. Super long time. And I noticed that because they weren't stably housed, it was hard for them to remain on the list to get into housing because in the affordable housing world, property managers are sending out a letter to every single person for every single property every single year to confirm if they're still interested in staying on the list. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that my homeless clients were getting disproportionately removed. I thought that was crazy. So that was inspiration number one. Mm-hmm. Inspiration number two was that I was handwriting uh, housing applications about 25 hours a week. That's and, <laughs> yeah, and I just, you know, I knew the internet um, had happened and there was, there's something we could do about that. Well, that's, that's amazing. Though. I think what's most amazing is that you, you know, you're, you're taking a lot of action, you know, you're finding the problem and then you, you're trying to find a solution for it, which I feel like it's the best way to go in terms of entrepreneurship. And for our listeners, I just want to understand, do you have a real estate background before you started this company or was it started or because you started strictly out of passion? I mean, my dad's in real estate, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I had no previous real estate uh, experience at all. I was really just interested in um, getting applicants in, you know, to remain on the wait list so they could then get the affordable housing. Mm -hmm. But as I, you know, that was like kind of the initial spark, but then kind of what I realized as I got more and more into it was that Mm -hmm. property managers had this like horrible problem where they were surrounded by paperwork inundated with administrative nightmares. Mm -hmm. Um, and like burdened by a lot of different compliance and regulation. And um, anyone who's met me knows that I'm a real, uh, real sucker for, you know, improved efficiencies. Um, and so, you know, that really fired me up to like make lives easier for the property managers too. 
Definitely. Yeah, I like the story a lot. You know, you come from, you, you didn't come from a real estate background. You dive right into the technical side of things. So that just shows that you're, you're in it to, for a great cause and impact, not so much for the money. So I like that a lot. <laughs> I was like, well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's like we're also a venture funded business. So it's yeah. like, I don't want to just purely classify it as just like we're, you know, an impact only company. Uh-huh. Um, I would say, you know, I guess my philosophy is no margins, no mission. And so, um, you know, making sure that we're, you know, doing Definitely. as well as we can. Yeah. This is why you're, you're, the, you're the CEO. <laughs> hey, so what kind of challenges did you face when you first started the company? And what kind of, you know, what, how did you overcome them? Wow. Um, what kind of challenges did I first uh, mm-hmm. have? Well, many, as all entrepreneurs have. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first one was that I was not technical. So mm-hmm. I needed to recruit technical um, talent to the team in order to like make my dream a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up hiring um, my first engineer. Um, I met him online and... Wow. Um, yeah, he was in Ohio at the time. And, um, I was in in uh, the Bay Area mm-hmm. and hired him. We worked together really closely. I um, mm-hmm. so challenge one was like finding someone to like be on my team. I spent probably like a year and a half going to meetups and um, mm-hmm. different engineering recruiting stuff. But like it's it was just impossible. You know, I think in San Francisco you're a dime a dozen if you're a non-technical uh, wannabe founder that with no previous exit. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I just, I straight hired my first engineer, um, paid him out of my savings account. <laughs> and that's how I was able to start on the technical side. Mm-hmm. In terms of other challenges, I would say um, just like, I was, I felt like I had to, I learned to be a product manager. And so I had never heard of the concept of user testing um, for my first like year on the job. Mm -hmm. And that was a, you know, epic mistake. (laughs) Um, Anyone who's in tech knows that if you don't user test, like you're building the wrong thing. And Mm -hmm. so I learned that lesson the hard way. Definitely. I mean, you're, you're making things happen. I mean, to me, from what you, you, you told, like, what you said during the during the story is very inspirational because like you knew what you need to do to make your dreams happen, you know? Like I think most people would just look look at the challenge and then they'll stop and they're checking out, they won't move forward. But for you, you kept a mindset that you kept on looking for solutions, you know? You know you know that you weren't technical. You knew what exactly you needed to do to find the te- technical person. And you sacrifice, you know, you sacrifice your savings to make your dreams come true. I'm pretty sure at that time you were doing it, you were like, is this even going to work out? You have all these doubts that you had to overcome. And the fact that, you know, you mentioned that overcoming your challenges and paying someone else to do it makes me know, makes us realize that you do know yourself really well. And you do believe a lot in your mission that you are going to make this, this reality, this dream come true, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that key piece, right. Of like, um, you know, I think like I, I'm the type of person, like I like to solve the problem and Mm -hmm. to me, like, I'm, you know, almost Mm -hmm. four or five years in now. And it's like the problem's still not solved. Yeah. That like obsession with solving the problem definitely Mm -hmm. has helped carry me through like lots of different, um, 
challenges. Yeah, definitely. With that being said, like, how did you understand what the customer needed for your for your company? Like, how did you really put yourself in a, I guess, like a property manager position? Like, did you cold call them? Did you seek out offices in your area? How did you do the market research for it? Yeah, great question. So um, my initial concept actually was like an autofill for social workers because when I was a social worker, I was handwriting all these housing applications and I needed a way to get client data on multiple forms. Mm -hmm. That was like my first idea. Mm -hmm. And I called a bunch of nonprofits. I had a really fantastic next door neighbor who was a startup guy and he mentored me a little bit to say, um, you know, you have to call and ask people. You can't just like build stuff and then you're going to buy it. Um, It was great advice. (laughs) Um, And even though I was an extremely broke social worker, I, um, he pushed me to go to a, like a, um, a conference that was all about like testing your hardest assumption first. So right before that conference, I had, uh, called nonprofits and basically found out that no one was willing to pay for a autofill for social workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, it, the problem wasn't expensive enough for them to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to this conference and they did this whole, you know, design thinking process. And I realized that the hardest part was actually going to get, was going to be that pro- get to have property managers give me where the applicant was on the wait list. Mm-hmm. And they were very specific in this conference of like, you have to test your first, um, your hardest assumption first. And so I went and um, started calling property managers, um, started going to property manager conferences, asking them all these questions about their wait list. And I, I mean, I've, I've sat next to property managers for like hundreds and hundreds of hours. So I, I spent an entire week um, one time at um, like one of our pilot customers, I spent an entire week cataloging every minute she spent on the wait list versus the, um, you know, eligibility process, because mm-hmm. I was really curious to quantify, like, how That's much crazy. time is this taking you? Mm-hmm. Like, how bad is this problem? And mm-hmm. it turns out the problem is like, really bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible, like, <laughs> $250,000 of bad, you know, like, it's a really like across a portfolio. And so it's a, you know, it's an expensive problem. Um, and so that let me know that there was a real opportunity there. Yeah. I like that. I like that story a lot too. Like you put in a lot of time and effort to learn like the end user. So, you know, all their pain points and everything, which is a great part to sell your product to them. Um, I guess one of my questions that I have is I know it's, it's actually really hard to convince you know, customers to pay for your product. You know, like it's, you can come up with the best idea ever. You you could tell them, Hey, I'm going to solve your problem. But as soon as you start asking for money, we hit a huge problem right here. So how'd you overcome that part? Yeah. So I know there's a lot of VCs out there who are like, never do a free pilot, never do anything for free. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as the, you know, person that was out there knocking on all those doors, I found pretty quickly that like no one was willing to do that because <laughs> what we do is like, we're touching compliance in mm-hmm. affordable housing. So it's very, 
scary to try something new in affordable housing. Um, And so I found our first like pilot customer. I like pitched them with wide-eyed eagerness and they (laughs) would do it for them for free and Mm -hmm. they accepted. And so that, and that was like a game changer. We, you know, made a ton of mistakes. Um, but we like, you know, just like I was super in contact with them, very like making sure that all of the problems were getting fixed. And, um, and in the meantime, even though that was like going on and free kind of in the background, I was also going to conferences and I met at this one conference, um, you know, my first, my next two customers basically. Um, and yeah, so I was just, I met them, I explained what I was working on. They were interested and, um, you know, I just took it from there. Yeah. And I I didn't, I didn't explain that. I said, we already have our first customer. I did not explain that it was. (laughs) (laughs) You did what you did. You did what you need to do to succeed, you know? And I, I I like, I like that story too, because I feel like, you know, concert, like you talk to more experienced people, they always be like, yeah, I can never, you never do things for free. Your time is so valuable. You have to be compensated for it. But as you are hustling through your first business and your first deal, like you actually have to give your time up for free. You know, you have to give your product for free because essentially business is establishing trust between you two, you know, like how do I know as a customer, if your product is going to really solve my problems, you know, and right. am I, without any testimonials or proven theories, like it's really hard for anyone to do to jump in and kind of like, okay, I'll give you like a couple thousand dollars a month. Like let's, let's see what you, what you have, you know, it doesn't work that way. But I mean, I know there are people who do 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 that and I have is definitely off to them, but um, that was not my path. (laughs) So I, I like the the impact story that you had just now. And also I want to sort of link it to the next question is like, what was your first real success? It, like, was when was the feeling that you had when you're like, wow, like, I have my first customer, I have my second customer, and you feel that impact you were making, and you heard the positive things they were saying about your product. What was that first moment like for you? Yeah, it was. I mean, I think the first. I think I took a picture with my first paycheck uh, or first check I got from a customer. I yeah. Think. Um, and yeah, it was incredibly exciting. It was super validating the first time when we first, I mean, honestly, the, the, when I actually, the, the, one of the most exciting things for me was when we actually even launched our pilot and like the thing I'd been building for the last year got to see the light of day. And I helped, um, you know, several applicants, like I went to a homeless shelter in Palo Alto, I, you know, walked them through the application. I like sat there next to them to like make sure everything worked smoothly. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like, you know, having the first person apply, was like really meaningful to me. Um, And then, you know, and then once like customers started coming on board, what was really meaningful was like really working closely with them to find out what they needed from the product to make it better. Mm-hmm. So I could, cause like I love product and I love solving problems and um, just being able to like talk to a customer and have them be like, you know, I need it to do this thing. And like, for me to, I like to understand what's underneath like, Oh, but is it because you're trying to accomplish this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
okay, so like maybe an easier, even better way would be this thing over here. And so, um, I've just loved all of the like product iteration stuff. It's been amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So just a recap for our listeners, you know, Caroline had this amazing idea about st- streamlining the homeless process. Nope. Right into- nope. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. Sorry. Corrections. Please correct me right there. <laughs> um, yeah. So sorry. That's where I came out of, but um, we streamlined the affordable housing application process and that, application process can go, you know, anywhere from um, applicants who are, you know, middle class, who are social workers, teachers, mm-hmm. firefighters mm-hmm. living in San Francisco, um, you know, anywhere from that to someone who's on the streets, someone who's, you know, working a minimum wage job and struggling to get by. Like there's a lot of different um, people who are trying to get into affordable housing. Oh, wow. Definitely. And that segment, can you kind of walk us through your product vision and where you see yourself in the next year, five years and 10 years from now? Yeah, totally. Um, So I guess my, you know, my near term vision is to get applicants into affordable housing units faster, Mm -hmm. um, application to move in and then dropping them off into the existing like property management software Mm -hmm. world. Um, And then I'm really interested in working with applicants to help improve their financial situations because Mm. um, as they're going through the affordable housing process, they have to submit a lot of income and asset documents and Mm. um, third party verify all of their income. And I'm really interested in helping people get prepared for that. um, So they are improving their lives, you know, financially and also, um, you know, getting into the housing faster. Okay. Wow. And I think, you know, eventually, right. Like there might be like a whole matchmaking thing, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matchmaking and like being, you know, sort of like a direct Mm -hmm. financial institution for people who are, you know, needing housing. Yeah. I definitely like that, that vision a lot. It kind of aligns with what I think that's, that can help the world and make the world a lot better. So appreciate that. Um, I guess for the next segment of the podcast, we usually focus more on yourself. We want to learn more about you. Sure. What are, what are your, what is your big source of motivation? What keeps you going when things look super bleak, when things look like they are very, you know, unhappy? Like, how do you push through that? What is your why? Whew. What a great question. It's a big question. I mean, mm-hmm. I think... I mean, I think I I told you a little bit in the sense that like, I'm the type of person when I see um, like an injustice, like I really want to solve that problem. Um, And so I, you know, I felt I, you know, I, in order to start my company, I had to get the California, California as the state to change their policy to allow e-signatures on affordable housing applications. And so, um, I think sometimes I'm just, I'm very intrinsically motivated and like I, um, you know, I, I want to solve this problem for property managers and for applicants. And I really know how much it matters because when I was in the trenches, you know, at the homeless shelter, I just saw, you know, how difficult it was for people. And I just knew that I had the capacity to make it better. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like that a lot. It's a very strong why. And I guess, 
out of curiosity, did you have any books, podcasts, or conferences that really like gave you that motivation to hit the next level? Yeah, definitely. Um, remembering the names of them is going to be half the battle. So <laughs> one book I absolutely adore um, is called Traction. I thought it was ex- it's a great book. Great mm-hmm. book. Um, I also, there's a, like a startup owner's manual guide um, mm-hmm. that it's like a pretty thick book, but it's, it's great for SaaS companies. Um, I also, um, I went, I went to a like lean, lean startup um, conference. Mm-hmm. That was the conference I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, that was very transformative for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So did you have any, I forgot, and you mentioned, yeah, you went to a conference that inspired you and then you, you know, you read Traction that, you know, got really got you going. Did you have any podcasts you can recommend to our listeners? The Startup Podcast. I am sorry about that. Simulant <laughs> Media, it's my favorite. Um, yeah, I have definitely been um, a super early entrepreneur and listening to, um, I don't know, listening to the, to that podcast gave me a lot of like inspiration and hope that even I, a lowly social worker, like could, could hack it. Um, (laughs) If, uh, you know, if a former like NPR podcast producer could build a company and sell it to Spotify, you know, maybe so could I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I fully believe in your abilities and you can do it. Thanks. You, you have that positive energy that surrounds yourself with the right energy and talent and people that they just want to make things happen around you. So I can definitely see that. Thanks. That's awesome. And for, I think most of our, our, our guests that we have on the podcast, they usually have some sort of ritual and morning routines or nightly routines that they follow. Do you have any of those routines that kind of help you get into like a system and a mood that makes you want to work harder or more efficiently? Totally. Yeah, I um, I'm a big fan of drinking a lot of water. Um, So I wake up every morning and I have Mm -hmm. a really big cup of water. And um, I think that sort of like starts the day off. I also, you know, exercise in the morning, I try and do some stretches. Mm -hmm. uh, And yeah, I'm. I don't drink coffee, which I think is like sacrilege in the startup world. But um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of tea, so I, I try and have a cup of tea in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find like I also meditate throughout the day. So um, one thing that I noticed is that like I try to manage my energy, not my time. So when I'm feeling, you know, that 3 p.m. slump, I will generally. Um, usually ask my team if they're interested in meditating with me and I can usually get one or two of them to come in and we meditate together um, and then kind of hit the ground running again. And I think that can be really helpful to just have those like little micro rests. Mm -hmm. Um, So to kind of rejuvenate and come back with full, full energy. Yeah, definitely. I I see a lot of similarities, similarities between us. I, I, I too, I don't drink coffee, but I take it one more level. I also do not drink any caffeine at all. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I think everything is very mental, you know? If you feel tired, you can push through it by saying you're not tired. Hmm. But those things you can overcome. Yeah. And I like the fact that you also mentioned meditation. 
You know, like I think that it's a very underrated part of really highly successful people. I feel like by meditating, like you can clear your thoughts and kind of reorganize things to make sure that, hey, is this thing really important? How can I make things better? What are my real priorities? What, what should I be working on? Because I understand as a CEO, you're going to get pulled left, right, up, down. And you quite, you know, you get suggestions from a lot of people, but at the same time, you have to stay on track and you have to stay focused. Right. And I think that meditation really helps with that, you know? 100%. So with that being said, do you have any affirmations that you follow? Um, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a strong affirmation practice. No, mm-hmm. I have, um, I've always really resonated with the saying where there's a will, there's a way. Like mm-hmm. I climbed Kilimanjaro, like basically repeating that to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I also, um, I also really like when I meditate metta, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think both for myself and for the people around me, I think is, you know, kind of brings me a, a sense of calm, which is nice. Definitely. And out of curiosity, do you have any motivational quotes that, and pictures around your office, your house that you look towards when you know, on a daily basis, kind of keep your, your mentality going, going strong. Yeah, actually. Um, I have in my bedroom, I have, um, a Nelson Mandela quote. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like always impossible until it is done. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I'm horribly misquoting it, but something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And, um, the last one is I have, um, you know, just like be kind to yourself. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's very important. You know, you're doing the best you can. And, mm-hmm. um, I love the Desiderata, which is, um, like a much longer thing, but it's, mm-hmm. um, it's in my house as well. Yeah. I love that too. I mean, I have a quote right in the back right here. It says, be the change you want to see in the world by Gandhi. Yeah. I feel like I think every person in the world has the power to change the world, but you have to believe that and you have to lead by example. You know, so definitely, I like the things you do. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, so I guess a couple, like uh, two more questions before we end the podcast. If you would, if you could redo everything from the very beginning, what would you have done differently? Oh, so much. Um, I would have, I would have raised money a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have. Um, I don't know if it would have been possible until I know what I know now, but um, I would, I, I wish I had, you know, been mentored a little bit and, and told more specifically what I needed to do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also would have user tested starting on like day one instead of day 362. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a pretty, and I, and I wish that I had, um, read a little bit more. Like, I think when I was first jumping in, I was just, I was doing everything. And so, um, and because I was sort of handling the product, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't very skilled at that yet. And so I wish I had read more books on product earlier. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I think that everything happens for a reason Yeah. that when you reflect on it, you think, Oh man, I wish I would have done this and would have done that. But all in all, it made you the CEO that you are today. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
it's, you know, it's done. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> yeah. it's, it's great advice to give our listeners, you know, in terms of, hey, like, if I would, if I could redo it, I would done this and that. And I think it's really good, good advice for them. Thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. My pleasure. So I guess the final question is, how can our listeners find out more about you? Um, well, I just did a very basic website called carolinecaselli.com. Okay, uh, the show notes. And you can also, um, you know, find Haven Connect at havenconnect.com. All right, awesome. Hey, Caroline, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Brian. This was great. No problem. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm.